please pray with me. Open our ears, Lord. Speak to our hearts and strengthen our wills that we may love you, hear you, and serve you today, now, and always. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. There was once a man who kept falling asleep in church during the sermon. His pastor was getting frustrated and, one Sunday, decided to teach the man a lesson. As was his practice, he started to preach slowly, almost in a monotone. Sure enough, the man soon fell into a deep sleep. The pastor then said to the congregation, Everyone who wants to go to heaven, stand up. Everyone stood, except, of course, the man who was fast asleep. The pastor had everyone sit down. Then he gently said, Everyone who wants to go to hell, and with a bang on the pulpit in a loud voice, stand up! <laughs> the sleeping man snorted awake and jumped to his feet as everyone around started to snicker. The man looked at all the people sitting around him, then looked at the pastor and said, Preacher, I don't know what we're voting on, but it looks like you and me are the only ones for it. <laughs> the dangers and the hilarity of falling asleep in church. That's where we find young Samuel today in our Old Testament lesson, asleep in the temple sanctuary. Samuel, the son born to Hannah as an answer to her prayer, brought to the temple in fulfillment of his mother's promise to God. As a woman who had been unable to have children, Hannah promised God that if she were to be granted that privilege, she would return the child to divine service. She was as good as her word. Samuel was born. And as soon as he was able to make it on his own, she brought her son to the high priest, Eli. Our passage tells, of a, tells us of an almost comical back and forth between Samuel and his mentor. Samuel is woken from sleep three times by a voice in the darkness. Samuel, Samuel. The boy assumes it's Eli calling. There's probably nobody else there. Eli has probably called out like this before. He is old, blind, nearly blind, and he keeps probably needs help getting around. So three times Samuel goes into the old man and says, Here I am. You called. And two times Eli tells Samuel, Not me. Go back to sleep. Yet the third time, we see that Eli knows to whom the voice belongs. He turns to Samuel and says, No, I did not call. Go back and lie down. But if the voice comes again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
And sure enough, the fourth time it comes, Samuel, Samuel, and he answers, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the rest for Samuel, as they say, is history. The young boy who met God in the sanctuary responded to the divine call and went on to become a great prophet, God's messenger to Israel. Today I want to touch on three points that I think Samuel must have learned in this encounter with God. Things that we can also apply in our own spiritual journeys. Number one, who we listen to matters. Number two, how we listen matters. And number three, our response to God matters. So whose voice are you listening to? Other than mine right now. <laughs> the voices we listen to have a tremendous impact on our lives, actions, and attitudes. Have you noticed that? There are so many voices. That's always been true, but there hasn't always been social media, 24-7 news, texting, emailing all the time. We've become comfortable hearing the voices all day long. You want to get someone mad? Tell them they can't listen to their favorite voice. <laughs> Imagine you were to make a list of the voices that you have listened to over the past week. In your free time, when you got to choose, how much time did you spend listening to the news, to music, to football pundits? All of these are fine things, yet not at the expense of listening to God. Samuel's relationship with God started with God's grace in listening to his mother's prayer for a son. In fact, did you know that the name Samuel means God listens. But now it was Samuel's turn to listen. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Who we listen to matters. God has a way of speaking to the people whom we might not expect and who might not expect to hear from him. God speaks to biblical characters we know. Moses, Abraham, Sarah, Jonah, Deborah, he speaks all the time. He also speaks to regular folks like you and me. In 2015, I had the distinct honor of traveling to Scotland on pilgrimage with a great group of people from our, our Savior, St. Patrick's, and some other parishes. And some of you are here today that were also on that trip. The trip was respite for me as I would have two weeks away with no time to focus, actually with, <laughs> with time to focus on my own needs for rest, reflection, and rejuvenation. The culmination of the trip was a stay on the Isle of Iona. I had heard Iona described as a thin place between heaven and earth, and it is. I felt a closeness to God that is really hard to put into words, and I heard what, what I know to be his distinct voice for the second time in my life. At the time of my trip, I was roughly two years into my unofficial discernment process, 
to become an ordained deacon. I had not shared with anyone, primarily because I was afraid they would laugh, they would say, not you, <laughs> not you um, or an unfavorable, an unfavorable reaction. But the great gift of being alone with my thoughts and prayers for two weeks allowed me to truly ask God for direction and to listen for his answer. It came in the form of words as I was sitting alone on the top of a hill, as I focused on a cloud formation over the water, I heard in a loud, booming voice, go be a deacon. Who we listen to matters. Samuel went on to become one of the greatest prophets in the Bible and the secret to Samuel's success as a prophet was not that he was confident, charismatic, or excelled in public speaking. He may have been all those things, yet he was successful, successful because first, he knew how to listen. And so that's my second point. How we listen matters. I've given more than a few talks on listening. It's one of my favorite subjects. And I teach that listening to God is hard. It is a discipline. And it is, does not come to us sometimes naturally. If we aren't in the habit, and if we haven't practiced, it can be very difficult. How we listen matters. I believe at some level that we all, have a longing in our core to have a direct connection and hear the voice of God. Our prayers, though, are full of us speaking. We often fail to leave room for God because our prayer time often ends when we run out of words. Or if you're like me, sometimes when I fall asleep. Listening to God means we are actively making our prayer time with him, a dialogue instead of a monologue. It's a dynamic conversation between a loving God and his beloved child. We can't distinguish his voice from the voices of the world if we do not consistently focus on intentional time in his presence. How we listen matters. And there are many ways other than actual hearing that we can listen for God. We can read scripture. We can be in community with our fellow man, our fellow woman. We can experience the sacrament of communion. Perhaps that is where we hear God the most. God is speaking to us constantly. We just have to expect his voice. When you get in the car and your favorite radio station immediately begins playing because you programmed it, you don't have to worry about hunting down the station every time you get in. We are tuned in to God's frequency. And if we have programmed his voice, then whenever God communicates with us, we are ready. Samuel didn't know God's voice right away, but God kept calling him until he listened. 
God will do the same with us. He will give us second and third and fourth and fifth and an infinity amount of chances to hear from him. Just as a sheep learns a shepherd's voice, we can know how to listen to our good shepherd's voice as well. Samuel's story challenges us to be attentive to the gentle whispers of God in the midst of all of life's noise. How we listen matters. Samuel knew that who we listen to matters and how we listen matters. So what's the next step? What are we to do after we listen? Last week, we remembered the baptism of our Lord. We baptized two precious, precious babies. And we all reaffirmed our own baptismal covenant cultivating a sense of gratitude, embracing compassion for others, and living with kindness and forgiveness are just a few of the ways that we can live into that baptismal covenant. These are also ways in which we respond to the love that God gives us. My third and final point today is this. Action that is to say, how we respond to God's love, his unearned grace, matters. Friends, listening in itself is a call to action. To embrace God's non-negotiable call to live out his own word. Christian action should come not out of guilt or a need to work our way to heaven, but an authentic and loving response to God. Scripture tells us that God equates listening to a prescribed and obvious call to action. In James 1, verse 22, James reiterates Jesus' warning about hearing his words but not acting on them. James reminds us that it is important for us to listen to God's word, but it is crucial for us to also do what it says. Without action, we're missing the point. Action matters. I recently discovered the writings of the author Howard Thurman. Thurman was a prominent African-American theologian, educator, and civil rights leader. He co-founded the first major interracial, interdenominational church in the United States and dedicated his life to promoting equality and spiritual growth. He was even a mentor to the man we celebrate tomorrow on the occasion of his birthday, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I find inspiration, particularly in this season of epiphany, as we are still basking in the glory of Christmas, in one of Thurman's striking pieces, and I'd like to share it with you now. It's called The Work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, and to bring peace among others. 
to make music in our heart. Dear ones, we are living in a time where maybe we don't hear the, the voice of God. Like in our verse today, the word of the Lord is rare. Today marks 100 days since the attack in Gaza. And we continue to see poverty, oppression, food insecurity, and the list goes on, not only in our world, but in our community. But the message of scripture is that God is not silent forever. Maybe one morning, as you read your Bible, or one night when you're minding your own business trying to unwind, or one Sunday where you're sitting quietly, even sleepily, <laughs> in church, there's the voice. When you hear your name called, and like little Samuel, your world changes, like mine did on that hill in Scotland.